everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zolinski Show for this Wednesday, May 16th, 2018 edition. I've got another show I'm right in the middle of doing. I am so excited about this author. He's a new guest of the program, Leo Homan, and the book he wrote, wow, how timely that we did that interview on, we'll just put it this way, Ramadan, need I say more? So I just recorded that, and that's tomorrow, so be watching for that. But today, you are in for a treat. It is my pleasure to welcome to the program a very good friend of the show, and I want to jump right into it. It is Dr. Michael Lake, and uh, boy... We went through, <laughs> we tried recording this a few times, and that's when my computer crashed. So thankfully, we worked through some of that. It is my pleasure to welcome him to the program today. It is Dr. Michael Lake. Dr. Lake, welcome back to the program. It's a pleasure to have you on, sir. It's a pleasure and a blessing to be with you today, Sheila. Now, real quick, did you get that article I sent you on the military-industrial complex? Yeah, I did. It, you know, it, it's interesting, and I, I touched on this in my first book on the Shiner Directive, that, you know, war is, is good money. Uh, when, whenever anybody goes to war, two people make out like bandits, the banks and the military-industrial complex. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's there's been a lot of prayer in North Korea. Uh, I don't know if you caught um, Henry Groover when he was on Sid Roth shared about how that, uh, you know, God moved and he was able to share with the North Koreans because the South Koreans were praying, all of them, that uh, the dictator up there would die. And he and he changed their hearts. God used them to they begin praying for a salvation. Since then, the peace deals come into place. There's articles on Charisma News where they have literally opened the doors to Christianity to bring food, medicine, and the gospel into North Korea. And so this is bad news for the military-industrial complex. When all this was announced, uh, one article says just the United States-based military-industrial complex lost $10 billion in stock value. Another one uh, I read said worldwide, when you look at all of them across the board, they lost about $150 billion. Wow. Well, there's no money in peace, Michael. Not for these guys and not for the bankers. You know, the same bankers, even in World War II, the same bankers, that they financed both sides of the war, so they made out like bandits no matter who won the war. Yeah, they got to keep the war machine going. We'll look at Pappy Bush and the gang. They pretty much financed the entire Nazi regime. Yeah, the old man Bush was uh, guilty of laundering money for the Nazis, and there's 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 been this background collusion. But uh, Henry Ford helped support them and gave them part of their uh, what became their war machine with what he was doing with the assembly line and all these different things. And it's uh, it's interesting. You can go back to the foundations, how the Carnegie Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, they backed the Nazis, they backed Stalin with the development of communism in, in Russia. They have their own agenda, but I thank God there's a God that's ruling in heaven and he has his agenda. Yeah, you got that right. Well, look at all these celebrities taking to Twitter. You've got all these fake news headlines about the whole embassy issue. The way this thing is being spun in the media, it's quite staggering. It is, and you know, there's. I think there's a certain degree of it that's Hollywood. No matter where you go, uh, I read reports, and I've I've known friends that were over in Israel that you know CNN or whoever would come on. These kids would get off school, and you had you had Palestinians and Jewish kids, and okay, the camera's rolling, and they pick up rocks, they throw at each other, they film it, then they then they all go home after the filming. Yeah, yeah. So there's there are, there are things staged, but Israel is is an interesting country. It's the only country on the planet that's not allowed to to establish its own capital, according to the rest of the world. 
you know, that's, you know, we in America, wouldn't it be crazy if, if Canada and, and Mexico came and said, uh, you cannot have Washington, D.C. as your capital. You must move it to Arizona. And you also have to understand Islamic doctrine that within Islam, if you ever gained land for Allah and then you lose it, you must do whatever is necessary to get that land back, even if it takes 100 generations. They basically had, had filled the, the entire Middle East. UN comes in and says, okay, this portion is going to be Israel. Anything that validates Israel, uh, especially radical Islam, will be absolutely against because they want all of the land. None of them are going to be satisfied until they, and they have said this, until Israel is annihilated and pushed into the sea. And so this, this is just part of this. Uh, I, I think one of the things that's amazing to me is all the liberals are going crazy over this. Trump did nothing new. All he did was enforce a law that every Democrat that was in government in the House and the Senate back in 95 or 96, whenever it was, whenever it was approved, they unanimously voted for that. Yeah. And so all he did was say, okay, let's go ahead and do what you, what you had passed. And now everybody's up in arms because it legitimizes Israel. I mean, he's costing them money with what he's doing. Uh, he keeps getting things through no matter how hard they try. And in fact, I've got an article, you know, Mueller is supposedly doing the Russia investigation. Uh, WND.com uh, released an article that there are now connections of collusion of Mueller with the Russians. Well, everything is just chaos, and it all seems to be working up to them trying to collapse the economy. Now, you know, and speaking of the economy, I want to get into crypto because I just read an article that ties all this together, and I thought this is eerily similar to something Michael Lake spoke about in both Branson and in Dallas at Hear the Watchmen. I think the NSA might have been listening to your presentations. Well, you know, what's amazing, because I look back through my notes, uh, I did touch on it at True Legends uh, down when when we were down there in Branson last yes, year. I expounded on a more at Hear the Watchmen in Dallas that moving blockchain, and blockchain is, is a really interesting creator on its own. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But for them to do what they need to do and put all the pieces of the puzzle together for uh, the mark of the beast, they needed to move blockchain over into the quantum realm, uh, moving it over into quantum computing. And that is now what they're beginning to call for. I predicted this uh, as, as early as, what, last September. Well, the bottom line is it's one, it's, it's, it's a compartmentalized piece of a larger puzzle. And the larger puzzle is when this is all said and done, when you when you look at the uh, expanded ISP, I think now version 5, they literally have enough web addresses to give every single human on the planet every single piece of property, as well as almost every blade of grass. That's how expansive that can be, a unique ISP identifier. And then when you bring blockchain into that, blockchain literally is going to become the blockchain to the mark of the beast. But isn't it funny how the, the Warren Buffetts of the world and these billionaire investors, you know what they're saying? You're thinking about investing in Bitcoin? Well, that's going to come to a bad end. You know, seven reasons why you should not invest in Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. The Financial Times just did an article on this is a good investment if you're gambling with your savings. It's amazing how the very people behind it are making it sound like a bad idea. Well, they, 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 they use the Hegelian dialectic, okay? And, and so they, they'll have opposing forces. And what they're actually doing is, okay, uh, I believe that blockchain was actually created by an advanced AI, and there are other researchers that believe that too, because yeah. it's, it has its own genetic DNA that's cyber, that it can actually replicate itself. If you lose all of it but a little bit, you can throw it on servers, and it will replicate all the data back. So it's impossible ever to lose it which is, you know, I don't think a human can actually figure that out. When, when, you, when you pull in blockchain, uh, in fact, there's 
plans beyond G5, which is the quantum internet. Some are calling it G6. When you put all these pieces of the puzzle together, your life will be so controlled and linked in the blockchain that every single move you make, every conversation that you have, uh, every everything that you purchased will have a permanent record so that Big Brother can keep an eye on you. And it literally establishes the mark of the beast for the future. You can have different components, like let's say, you know, in the military, if you want to build a weapon, you have people that don't even know what they're doing is building a weapon. It's just called compartmentalization. And the global elite do this on a global scale that you can actually have various, uh, Russia building something, we're building something, we're thinking we're working to fight Russia or China or whatever it is, and we're actually building all components to the same bomb that's going to get us all. And that that's part of what I think uh, with the B system cryptocurrency is now on the on the outside cryptocurrency originated looking like it was a outside thing that was going to bypass uh, the centralized banking system and going to be another way of currency but one of the ways the elite works especially when they're developing a new technology is they will they will see the possibilities of something even if someone else dreamed it up look at it see how it could be utilized for their agenda and then they'll allow competing forces to work on it until it's perfected. And one of the things that, uh, you know, as, as they're moving forward in cryptocurrency, I, I see a day when it is literally swallowed up and utilized by the centralized banking system as the global currency. And with the technology, and really when you begin looking at it, we, we have to look at blockchain itself and the concept behind it, which is the backbone. Uh, to cryptocurrency because I think it can be used for many nefarious purposes uh, in the future, especially as we uh, begin seeing the mark of the beast and other things rolling in. Well, I wonder if people understand it's run by the Illuminati. So there you have it. <laughs> it has been yeah. for a long time. When you, when you look at the, the core of blockchain, imagine a, a system that almost has informational DNA embedded into it uh, within blockchain. You know, the ba basic concept is nobody can touch a piece of information without you leaving permanently your digital fingerprints on it so that uh, that is unalterable so that everybody knows exactly who has ever handled that piece of currency or where it was created to the point where if, let's say, there was a catastrophic event happened with blockchain, you could pull out a small piece of blockchain that might survive, put it back onto a server, and it will replicate all the data so that the concept of losing data through blockchain is impossible, which you know really sounds good. Uh, but when you look at it, in, in fact, you, you begin looking at uh, the guy that is, is credited with uh, creating blockchain. I'm, I'm, I'm going to murder the, the, China, the uh, Japanese here, but it's Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, when you actually begin researching him, Sheila, he doesn't exist. It's, it's either a pseudonym for an individual or a group or what some researchers are postulating. Blockchain itself may have been developed by an advanced AI. We're starting to see nations uh, try to come up with uh, their digital currency, and some of them are actually backed uh, by real-world assets. I know. I think it was Venezuela that began to uh, just recently wanted to have a petroleum-backed uh, Bitcoin or, or wow. cryptocurrency, and America quickly sanctioned that. And I believe the reason was it would become a threat uh, to centralized banking. But I, I do see in the in the near future whether it's gold or some other tangible. Uh, thing I, I think Russia is also working on one that they're going to do gold back. Uh, that we'll see. We'll see a digital ruple. 
uh, in the days ahead, which may be the actually the precipitating factor for the Russia war that the uh, deep state is trying to do with Russia right now. It's not it's not about what we see on the surface. Russia and China are trying to come up with their own swift system for banking, which would absolutely dismantle what the West has put together that the Rothschilds are controlling. Uh, and so there's, there's, uh, we may end up going into World War III just to stop them from doing it. Uh, I remember years ago, and this was back when uh, shows like the Prophecy Club, you know, where they'd have all these various speakers come in, and sometimes they were very, you know, very insightful with what they were sharing, and sometimes they were really off the wall, uh, which you have at any prophecy conference. But what they begin to realize is that the Illuminati were actually sending people to go into the meetings to come up with new ideas. And that, that's the way they are because, you know, at, at first they looked at it and poo-pooed it, but then they saw the possibilities of it. And they'll, they'll do that with any emerging technology. They'll do that with, uh, with basically anything, whether it's a concept, that, you know, psych- psychological concepts, marketing concepts, whatever. They, they, will, they will look at the best. That's why even with uh, the Rhodes Scholarship, they're, they're scouring uh, the planet, especially within Western society, for the best of the best that are not necessarily Illuminati, but can serve their purposes. And the next thing you know, they become a Rhodes Scholar so they can be indoctrinated at Oxford. And they do they do the same thing when when somebody has a good idea if it if they feel like it can further their overall goals they'll eventually take it over and I think we're going to see that with with digital currency. There's a higher goal here, and it is really complete control. It is, and when when you when you take the concept of blockchain and you pair it with uh, quantum internet, quantum entanglement, artificial intelligence, transhumanism, and the Internet of Things, it really gets scary. Because if you if you can add to blockchain quantum uh, quantum internet with quantum encryption, now quantum encryption is very unique. And that not only do you leave digital fingerprints, it, number one, it's unhackable. It takes a quantum computer to hack it, uh, and a very, have one more powerful than the one that encrypts it. But just simply by touching the data, the main servers will be alerted to the fact that it's been touched and that you were the one who did it. And so, you know, imagine adding, being able to add that layer to blockchain. It's, it's a world of complete control. You know, let's say that, you know, in America, we were, something would happen where the banks would shut down for a few days, you know, around the bank or whatever. And, you know, most people that are thinking individuals will have maybe some gold and silver and some, and maybe some cash that you have hidden in your house so that you can barter and, and buy things until the banks get back into operation. You know, what's scary is when you go to a cashless society, all of that becomes becomes moot you are you are absolutely subservient to the system and with a push of a button all your ones and zeros can disappear that's why I, the, the the whole concept of a cashless society is, is repugnant for the for the thinking individual but when you you look at blockchain and you bring it with the internet of things uh, you know your refrigerator has its own uh, you know ISP number anything connected to the internet under internet protocol 6 and there's there's enough addresses now with a new protocol that every single person and object on the planet can have its own unique ISP you add that with blockchain then you have worldwide identification based upon barometrics that you cannot escape that that now you have literally been blocked chained to the system if you will you know, it's peddled under the guise of, well, we got to deal with the black markets and the and the drug trade. That's why they have to know everything about every transaction. It is, and, and I think they use eliminating black markets and eliminating drug trade as an excuse for developing a cashless society. That's one of the reasons they're trying to. They're supposedly using as an excuse to want to get rid of the hundred dollar bill here in America. 
but what it, what it does is is it begins reducing our ability to do commerce that they cannot control. Imagine a system, even if you and I were bartering, and you had something and we basically traded. In a cashless society, that can be taxed. Every single move that you make, I, I can follow. I can follow you. Uh, you know, one of the things that Mary and I like to do is, you know, whenever we go shopping, I don't like to use the debit card every place because it, you know, th- those things are hacked. But it also makes you traceable. They know step by step where you're going. And cash, they can't do that. You know, if you've ever had the occult come after you and everything, you you do want to have some anonymity at times, uh, and you become more conscious of your privacy. But imagine there is no cash so that every place you go, it, it's, you know, they, they can follow you. I, I just read recently a report that there is a murder case and the murder is being identified based on his biometric recordings of his heart that his Apple Watch picked up. <sighs> they were able to use the GPS in it to put him at the crime scene and then and then based upon the the uh, the biometrics of, of his heart rate because every you know even though you know, everybody if you have a good heart they all similar they're all similar but there are variances in in heart rate and and the the basic print almost like a fingerprint so they can they're working on identifying somebody based upon their heartbeat the data collection that they have on us is staggering not just health but everything you purchase is now being data mined. You know, look at all these devilish smart shopper saver cards, these smart saver cards. I got rid of all of them a few years ago when I went into a save on foods in Vancouver, BC. And this lady said, oh, just give me your card and I can look up every purchase that you've ever made. And I said, you're kidding me. Can you print that out for me? And as soon as they did, I got rid of every one of my smart saver cards. I don't carry any of them. I don't give my email out when I purchase something. Every store now wants your name, your address, blah, blah, blah. And people, I would really suggest that you guys get rid of all of your smart, you know, oh no, they're done into the guise of, well, you're going to get a good deal. Giving up my privacy is not a good deal for saving a couple of cents, Michael. Well, it's about tracking, you know, at one of the one of those um, electronic symposiums they had last year. They even said that the Roomba, you know, the little vacuum sweeper that goes around your house, that's a robot. That is, it's not really about cleaning your house. It's about gathering data. Yeah. Well, and speaking of data mining, they've got a second generation of the Echo now. You've got Amazon Echo and Alexa, these devices that, oh no, they just, they're meant to, for you to play music and control your, your smart home and news, weather. So handy. I call it Amazon wiretap because this thing is big brother on steroids. It is. And even in the old days where you just had the old dial up, ring up phone in your house, did you know by federal law that the microphone in your phone had to be the best available technology by federal law so that it turned it on and be able to hear anything in that room? We're talking stuff way back in the 60s, that, that that was part of the federal law of telecommunications that whenever they developed a phone, that the most emphasis was placed on the quality of the microphone in the receiver. When, when you look at it all together and put all the pieces together, artificial intelligence, hive mind, and there's been a lot of discussion uh, about hive mind. I know that DARPA was doing experiments with soldiers with hive mind, but uh, sing, uh, the uh, Singularity University and many others are talking about the benefit of hive mind. But they also say that when you see like things on the internet, we've seen, you know, things get real ugly on social media, you know, because you, you, you can have a hive mind, but it's all going in the wrong direction. And so what they begin experimenting with on Reddit is AI guided hive mind. I think it was MIT or, or one of the, the uh, 
bigger universities have actually developed a thing you can put on your head that they can actually read your mind. This small device that goes over your ear and down your jaw, it can actually read what you're thinking. But imagine, you know, we, we look at, you know, if you have an Alexa or you have a HomePod or, or iPhone, we look at that as an, as the thing of the Internet or Internet of Things. From the viewpoint of the elite, you are the Internet of Things because the end goal is to plug you into the hive mind. Sheila, let's, let's just think about this for a minute. When, when, when they talk about the singularity coming with, with AI, so many of them are saying, you know, basically we're creating a digital god. And so, you know, it's going that this thing's going to absorb all human knowledge and then begin giving out of the box solutions that are beyond human comprehension. And it's going to become a god. And it's going to become a fake version of the body of Christ. We're all connected to Christ. We can, we can tap into the knowledge of God, both in his word and by the leading of the Holy Spirit. They're going to do it technologically to where we're eventually, their plan for humanity be, is to be wired into this AI, to where you become the appliance. <laughs> <laughs> that, this makes sense to me. You know, you know, how, why is it that once you receive the mark, are you incapable of repentance? And we know, in you know, I've, you know, I've, I've dealt with you know, the possibility of, of Nephilim, but uh, you know, of, of having your DNA altered. But I think it's going to be all intertwined. Having a quantum chip placed within within your body that not only connects you to the hive mind, to the AI, to the new God, so you have access to all the information on the planet. But at the same time, it's guiding your thoughts. You, but at the same time, it's also rewriting and upgrading your DNA as a part of the accelerated evolution process. You, know, you become human 2.0, but you become a controlled human that's incapable of free will. Once you're chipped and you become a part of that hive mind, uh, it, is, it is literally both physically and spiritually impossible for you to repent. Wow, it's incredible how fast this stuff is coming, too. They've even got electronic telepathy to go into beam into people's brains. Look at this voice of God technology. You've heard about that. Well, absolutely. I, I document my first book, Dr. Bigich, out of uh, Alaska, was on a show in Canada. And another scientist came on and basically said, well, we've already got that perfected. We call it the voice of God. That uh, you, And he said it can be broadcast over anything, whether it's cell, uh, radio, Wi-Fi, TV, whatever. That it will pick up, it'll be picked up by the human body. But he said, not only will it, will it sound like it's inside your head, it becomes absolutely irresistible. They've been after a way to um, bypass free will for a long time. And with this, if you have an AI guiding and is able to read because you're plugged into the system uh, as a part of the upgrade, and while they're while they're while they're promising you that you're going to that you're going to advance, you're going to go from an IQ of maybe 120 to 300. Okay, uh, you're going to be able to live to 300. Uh, your body's going to readjust as you were when you were in 30s, when you're in your prime. I mean, all this sounds great, uh, but what what you lose is your soul in the process. And we have to keep a balance. Uh, you and I are using technology right now, to even to do this podcast that uh, 15 years ago would have been called the B system, and people should stay away from it. And you have to balance using technology, but maintaining. Uh, you know, I've, I've never, I don't use Apple Pay or anything like that, but I, I have used where you know PayPal and online and stuff. But one of the things that we can do is also the more that you use currency in your transactions, the less ability they have to find a reason to do away with it. Uh, what they're wanting to do. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think that we need to look at having tangible objects. You know, one of the things I tell people, you know, it's, it's good to have some gold coins if you really need to have something expensive to give because I, what is what is one ounce now of gold? A couple thousand dollars. Yeah. 
I, I know they want to get it to about five to six thousand dollars per ounce eventually before they reboot the system. So you know, if things go south and you need you need a gas tank of gas, you don't want to hand somebody five thousand dollars worth of gold. And so you know, for every thing of gold that you have, I would I would recommend getting a whole lot of silver because silver, uh, at least here in America, is is a constitutional currency that cannot be taken away unless they do away with the constitution. You know, it's it's also you can exchange it for food without without losing your shirt. And and the word talks about that. It it talks about preparation, taking care of your family. In fact, in, in the proverbs it says, consider the ant how they'll labor and they'll and they'll store up. People don't realize like at, at your local Walmart or your local grocery store, and uh, at least in rural areas, uh, they have two days worth of food. In New York or some of the bigger metropolitan areas, those stores have to be restocked two or three times a day that they, they have enough stock for about three hours uh, for those that live around that store. Well, that's okay because FEMA will take care of you. You know, they really are acclimating people to accept this whole herd mentality, which actually ties into the hive mind mentality, too, because this whole idea that the system will take care of you, that's frightening. It is, and, and I think you know, they're, they're pushing the development of, of artificial intelligence with the, uh, with the expectation of when the singularity arrives of creating a digital god. They have rejected the god of the Bible, and they're wanting to make their own. At the same time, they're beginning to introduce to us the concept of hive mind, uh, that we are, that you know, two minds are better than one, 500 minds are better than one, uh, but they've got to be connected together through the ether, being controlled by this new god that they're making, uh, which is also what transhumanism wants to do. Transhumanism uh, is really pushing that when this AI comes, they want to become one with their God that's going to be part of the upgrade. You bring that in, and uh, 5G, I think, is the first step. You know, we've been talking some about that. But what people haven't picked up on is by 2030, they're going to flip the switch. 5G is going to be converted to the quantum internet, which is, is, is unhackable. It's unescapable. Every single square inch, literally, of this planet will have gigabyte or higher connectivity uh, that permeates every single part of creation. That way, once you get plugged into the system, you can't get shielded from the system. Blockchain is going to identify you, that you're going to become an item on the blockchain, so that no matter what you do or where you do it, that system controls you and can identify with it. And uh, that's, I think that's even going to be a part of it. To, uh, uh, we're we're going to see aspects of that before they begin implementing uh, the new human upgrade. You know, when I think about that statement, human upgrade, upgrading humans, because you know what? God just didn't quite do an adequate enough job. You'd think that Christians would be in a fervent uproar over this very thing we're talking about, but you will not hear this talked about in the pulpit. Get the pastors Sunday to talk about transhumanism. You won't hear that in a church, Michael. Well, they're not even talking about the return of the Lord anymore. No. Uh, I mean, there's so much, it's, 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 you know, it's all about the, the, the American church has truly become the Laodicean church. If it doesn't affect the gold in their pocket or the clothes on their back, they're not interested. Well, and it's also interesting. They're not interested in spiritual warfare either. They don't even believe Christians can have demons, let alone what kind of demons are in this technology. The techno-sorcery. I think this is a huge issue, the techno-sorcery, but nothing to see here, Michael. 
No, we, we don't have a clue. And it, it, it even goes far back, the, the, the cathode tube that we got the TV from that was adopted and perfected by the Nazis for the television uh, was actually developed by the Golden Dawn. And they envisioned the cathode tube as a way of talking to others. It was, it was going to be the digital version of a medium. Uh, they, they have been searching, I think, ever since Nimrod as a way of when, what I call the iniquity force, which is the power that Lucifer created when he fell. That was a... a perversion of the anointing that was on his life. That's what fuels the kingdom of darkness. Uh, we have Albert Pike, uh, Manly P. Hall, and many others detail how they long to be able to perfectly harness and utilize that power on earth. And I think that's part of, of using technology because Albert Pike said, whether it be an adept within the black magic or a scientist, now, you know, he's writing right around the Civil War, so he couldn't say electronics, but as a scientist could figure out a way of tapping into that and perfecting the connection, that with a word they could kill or with a word they could heal anybody on the planet. Uh, they use it, in fact, you're probably, you, you're exposed to that within an hour of TV. Uh, have you ever noticed how that when you turn on a TV show, all of a sudden you get hungry? Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes it's even when there's not any commercials from a food industry. There's, there, there are things that they can broadcast as well as manipulate the electromagnetic fields around the display. You can have the sound turned off, uh, but they have, they have found out a way of manipulating the display so your iPhone can do the same thing. If you have a digital display in your car, it can do the same thing of manipulating uh, your emotional uh, moods at the time. And so they're, they're, they're really making some advances on, on, on controlling the population. And I'm really surprised that uh, what I have found, there's a correlation of those who spend a lot of time watching TV all the time. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a difference when you try to watch, you know, good programs on YouTube or whether it's Steve or, or one of us or someone else. Uh, I, I don't think that they encode that the way they do with over the air and, and uh, things that you watch on cable. But the, the more of the pablum of mystery babylon that people seem to take into their lives the more spiritually asleep they become look at these christians that are just being lulled to sleep with these pied piper pastors certain forms of mind control right in the churches look what look what hitler was doing with frequencies to the masses that's the same thing now they're doing in churches you know, during the worship music, using certain frequencies, word phrases, neurolinguistic programming. This is mass mind control and hypnotism, and it's going on in the church. And this stuff is straight up witchcraft. It is, and you do a research. Hitler even readjusted the way that we tune our instruments. Uh, that there was there was a, a frequency used before Hitler, and the Nazis changed it because it uh, it had more of a psychological effect on the people. And uh, there's actually a movement within musicians to go back to the original frequencies that things were tuned to. And there there's a reason for all of that. Uh, and I think part of what they have been working on doing is rediscovering what God scrambled at the Tower of Babel. Well, I remember one of the first shows we did, you talked about this incredible subject about God has a frequency and Satan has a frequency. That's fascinating. Oh, yeah. Uh, it goes back when I was examining super strength theory that, you know, the basic core of it is that at the quantum level, uh, within a quark, that there is a filament that's resonating, and which I believe is still resonating at the voice of God, because all creation does that. But when I when I looked at the combined frequency, you know, Tesla uh, and others did a, did a lot with frequencies. You can take a low power device, you find the right frequency, you can bring down a skyscraper. I mean, that's the impact it can have. Uh, Tesla actually bragged that if he could find the right frequency, he could crack the earth in half. 
so you know, I, I did some research on this to see if it was if if I could legitimize that with uh, the combined frequency of planet Earth. The combined the combined frequency of planet Earth is seven point eight three, which are all biblical numbers. Seven is God's redemptive plan. Eight is new beginnings. The new birth. Three is God's perfect witness. It's in, it, so God's voice is encoded and resonating. Which in fact you can't if if uh, uh, astronauts that go outside the atmosphere they have to have something called a Schumann resonator within their spacecraft or within their uh, spacesuits because if you if you get away from that uh, it actually begins to severely affect the mind. Your brain is tuned to that. At the same time, I have I have speculated if uh, you know because Lucifer, when you, when you look at his modus operandi, he he rises above what God is doing, and he gives an alternate voice. The brain, you know, seven point eight three. The brain, if if I could point point a resonator at you, and I could get from about uh, six hertz, or it's very low power, to about ten hertz, uh, your brain can receive that input. That this is something Dr. Bigich has already shown NATO. So there's actually NATO regulations forbidding the use of these type of weaponry. And so the the human mind, seven point eight three, the human mind can can uh, receive as direct input. And so. If uh, if Saint lifts himself up above, above God's creation, he's an imitator, but he can't match the voice of God. And what's interesting, within that range of what the human mind can receive, it can also receive 6.66 hertz. Isn't it interesting? Because if you look at CERN and you really break that down, the Large Hadron Collider, they're using these big fields of RF and they're using, you know, in the cavities, the cavities are tuned to oscillate at certain frequencies. And when you look at the frequencies, it's like, what are they trying to do there? They're using frequencies to what? Crack open the spiritual veil and unleash entities? It does seem like that's what they're doing. It doesn't. In fact, uh, it kind of reminds me of one of the old horror novels that uh, Lovecraft uh, did. It, if I remember the story right, it was this guy had developed something that he would create a resonance that actually opened up a portal to another dimension that these horrible things came through. And the occult is because when you look at Lovecraft, uh, many speculate that his grandfather, he, re- he had inherited a lot of his stuff, and his grandfather was into Egyptian Freemasonry, which is a lot darker and deeper than what we have here in America. And a lot of the, the things that he got, that he wrote about, that terrified him, uh, he, I, many believe he got from his uh, Egyptian Freemasonry books that he inherited. And so a lot of these concepts, the adepts have known uh, for centuries, they they knew about DNA before uh, the concept of DNA before DNA was even discovered, and they have they also have known uh, for well over a hundred years that by what you do and the disciplines you do, you can actually switch on and switch off parts of your DNA. We're we're st- and, and to a certain degree, we're we're trying to catch up with them, and that's why in so many of these dark projects, occultists are involved because they're simply trying to develop the technology for what they know is already available. You know what this is? It's really just part two of, well, what they were doing in the Plains of Shinar. And while you wrote the book on it, I guess no different than what they were doing at the Tower of Babel. All these ancient mystery religions. Look at Solomon. Look at the Kabbalah, you know, spearheading really the occult. And I always thought, you know, Moses himself would have been at least very savvy on all this deeply entrenched Egyptian magic, wouldn't he? He did. You know, that's why he wasn't impressed even when he could, you know, put his hand in, in his coat and, and pull it out leprosy and back, you know, turn a, a staff into a serpent. He still wasn't wanting to go uh, because I'm, I'm sure he saw a lot worse than that, that the, yeah. that 
magicians in Egypt can do. And uh, he used the excuse, I can't talk, you know. <laughs> the guy said, man, I made your mouth get down there and do this. But he, he saw those things. That's why he was reluctant. Uh, they, they, they have known aspects of this all along. And Solomon, you know, with Hiram that came in, they brought him the, the cedars of Lebanon because Hiram came in and, you know, gave David cedars for his own house. So Hiram came in and, and basically got the inroad. And Solomon got bit by the mystery religion bug. And one of the reasons that he married all these strange princesses from all these other nations is because he knew at the Tower of Babel the knowledge of Babylon had been scrambled, the secret knowledge. Knowledge. And so there was there was a peace in Egypt. There was a peace in Assyria. There and by and every one of these women were priestesses within their mystery religions. And what he was trying to do was to coalesce all the information and put it together. Uh, but he confessed in Ecclesiastes that all that work was vanity. And then look at the junk that he brought into Israel in the process. And they have known the elite have known one of the reasons. You know why why haven't they taken over the the whole world and get all this done in prior generations? Uh, they knew they couldn't that it required the final piece of the puzzle, which was the watchers being systematically released after the, the turn of the, about the 20th century. And so now there has been an arms race to get, uh, to be able to develop the proper technologies to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And uh, that's where we're at right now. There is, there is a digital arms race going on of an occult nature that while they're developing, you know, the newest iPhone or digital or cryptocurrency or a better internet, what they don't realize is they're putting pieces of the puzzle together for the elite, for them to assemble their own monstrosity when they're ready. That, that's why I added a lot of this to, uh, in, in my second book, The Sherith Imperative, because the Nazis, the, the women of Thule, uh, the Vril Society, they, they were doing these things, they were meditating, they were doing mental exercises of like Loyola. They were, they were doing yoga, they were doing all these things uh, to, to try to harness and tap into the iniquity force. And, the, and they were channeling advanced technologies that really gave uh, a one-up for the Nazis. You know, when we started World War II, we were still flying turboprop planes while they, were, they entered into the, uh, into the conflict flying jets. Speaking of jets, think about these high-level occultists like Aleister Crowley's good friend Jack Parsons. He was an American rocket engineer and rocket propulsion specialist, but what else was he? He was a Thelemite occultist. There's a mysterious death. Oh yeah, he blew himself up. Blew himself up trying to do what, though, is the question. They're always into these higher entities, these ascended masters bringing them back. That's even with the Thule Society. That's on record that Himmler said himself they were using high-level occult rituals and black magic to summon these entities. And Steve talks a lot about that in his book about the Nazis. Uh, you know, uh, and Steve is right on with this. Germany lost World War II. The Nazis did not. Now I'm just finishing a book called The Fourth Reich by Jim Mars. And one of the things that uh, is, is a quote from Hitler before he was supposedly, you know, executed, and I think it was probably a double, is that he said one day, he said the socialist agenda of the Nazi party will permeate the earth. And uh, I, I think wow. we're seeing that begin to move forward in our day. There's, there's a war going on uh, between the East and the West who will, who will become the, the final uh, Reich, if you will. You know, that's one of the things you know, people, and I've heard people teach that America is the, uh, the, the mystery Babylon. Uh, it, it has been one of the fingers in the glove. 
uh, for many, many years. But, I mean, there are systems in place now that if our entire financial system crashed and the centralized banking system crashed, uh, it isn't going to affect a lot of the East because they already have a replacement system in place. Uh, when we look at the book of Revelation, it is a global system that once that it becomes irreplaceable, that there is no redundant system, that when God destroys it, the whole world weeps. And so although that we have we have been an expression of it at the same time, I think that God has his destiny uh, that he has with his people if we'll, if we'll continue to wake up and become salt and light in the earth. Well, and that's exactly why we're trying to wake people up to these very nefarious systems, the kingpins of the Freemasons, the skull and bones. Remember the thousand points of light? U.S. then President George H.W. Bush himself talked about it, a member of the skull and bones, by the way. But most Christians, Dr. Lake, they don't understand the nefarious parts and players in this evil end time agenda. No, they don't. And there, there's a principle that the skull and bones uses, that the first one in uh, that begins an organization sets the spiritual, psychological tone of that the organization is never going to grow out of. Well, when you look at all these Nazis that we brought in that started, that helped with the CIA, that helped with the NASA, and so many of these organizations, I mean, the, the list can go on and on because they were seated uh, in the Soviet Union, they were seated in Great Britain, and they, they become leaven that eventually leavens the whole lump. They have done that, especially with organizations that um, that are are kind of stealthy and, and secretive to begin with. It's easy for these things to be to become taken over and, and all done under the, the guise of reasons of national security. Uh, like when they started the American Historical Soci- Association, yes. uh, the American Psychological Association, all these big power-moving educational controlling organizations, every single one of them was a skullsman. Those families, I mean, they, they continue the tradition within the families that seem to move in those circles. And so they, they know that they have the front face, I'm an American, but or I'm a Canadian, or I'm, you know, Great Britain, you know, I'm, I'm a citizen of the UK, but they're, they're actually loyalty to the, their loyalty lies in, in the Nazi philosophy. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of Christians have a very hard time believing that some of these evangelical leaders, they're high-level Freemasons. But Christians just don't believe that. Now, there, there used to be a lot of denominations. I know the Assemblies of God used to be that way. A lot of Baptist organizations used to be this way, that if you were uh, a Freemason, you could not even hold membership. And now not only are they many of their senior pastors and bishops, but they're also heads of their seminaries, are, are 33rd degree Masons. And uh, the spiritual effect that that can have on an institution as well as all of the ministers produced by it. Uh, I think that's why we're seeing the degrading of the gospel in the pulpit today uh, is from at least 100 years or more of that going on in America. Which is really not surprising, I guess, to see how all this stuff has infiltrated the church, the now Laodicean church. Michael, it's no wonder that every second email I get is, Sheila, please, can you recommend a good Bible-based Christian church where they preach the gospel? Boy, it's few and far between. Well, I, I think we're in a, a situation similar to what the Jews were in when they found themselves in Babylon or after the destruction of, of uh, the temple, that we, we have to move it back to the home, that each one of our homes, and, and this goes back to the synagogue model, which uh, Paul drove, drew from even when he talked about the fivefold ministry, those were functioning offices in local synagogue, that our homes need to become not only homes of houses of fellowship, but of study and worship. It's time for us to make our home, to, to return spirituality back to the home, get out of Greek theater. 
you, you don't go to church to be entertained. We are the church. We are the ecclesia, those drawn out of Babylon to walk with God. Uh, we're going to have to take our own education seriously. Uh, every home needs to have a good library. And I mean, uh, and, and go back at least a century, get Andrew Murray, Spurgeon, so many of the great men of God that uh, that really love God and, and that there was depth to what they did need to be in your libraries. And to get into the Word of God yourself. And what I have found out, Sheila, if somebody's presenting an easy way, you know, uh, you know, five steps to become a millionaire, and we're going to have meetings about it at church or whatever. If it's easy, it's usually not a God, because when you follow Christ, it always requires crucifixion. It's not dying to self or taking up your cross. That's not taught. No, they don't. But that's the only way to the real power is you can't move in resurrection power until there's been a crucifixion. The word tells you when you meditate on the word, that word begins to change you. It begins to change what you do. We have lost the ability to tap early into the kingdom of God the way that we should. And so what much of the church has done and, and the charismatic movement, and I've been charismatic probably since 1975. Okay, so I'm, I'm kind of showing my age. <laughs> uh, but a lot of it, they have they they want the quick fix in the quick way, and they've gone into mysticism. I know Dr. Michael Brown just wrote a wonderful book called "Playing with Holy Fire," which he's you know, as someone heavily involved in the charismatic movement, he's correcting a lot of the crazy stuff that's going out there, which either borders on charlatanism or really gets into the esoteric. And uh, that's the, the, that mystery of Babylon stuff we're supposed to leave alone. We we got to return back to the Word of God and true biblical holiness. There, there, there is power in walking in holiness. The less the devil has a hold of you, the more that heaven can move through you. Well, and that's why we really got to change our approach to spiritual warfare and also deliverance, because deliverance is not being taught. And that's a real problem. It is, and I, I think we even sometimes need to change our approach to uh, deliverance is not just casting out the demons, but it's systematically getting all the doors and the legal rights that they have to be there shut down. And that, that comes through real discipleship. You know, I, I have seen, uh, I've, I've seen in, in our own personal ministry that by the time you get people to close the door and pray the right prayers, it's almost like you just got to look at them and the demon's wanting to leave, you know, because it, 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 everything in the spirit realm deals with legalism. It, it, there's legalities. They have to have a legal right, a legal violation of God's word for them to stay there. And so, you know, Jesus' disciples are unique because when they walked three and a half years with them, they never fasted because the bridegroom was with them. But in that historical setting, Sheila, the, the average uh, Jew fasted two days a week. That was normal. When, when we get to the day of Pentecost after the resurrection of Messiah, uh, the early church returned to that at least fasting two days a week. And uh, that's one of the reasons they had the power they did. Uh, I also think of really seriously taking the leading of the Holy Spirit, taking the Word of God seriously. You know, today we have we have Christians, but they don't have enough power to uh, to turn over a, a trash can, much less the world. Look at the early church. They were dedicated. All they had was was Genesis through Malachi, the truth of who Messiah was in the Holy Spirit, and they turned the world upside down. I believe it was uh, Tory that said it takes a whole Bible to make a whole Christian. And what we think, what we say, and what we do either allow things to be plugged in or unplug things out of us. The, the very elemental spiritual warfare is controlling what you think, controlling what you say, and controlling what you do. 
because the spiritual world is is very binary. It's ones and zeros. You're either opening a door or closing a door by what you think, say, or do. When we discipline ourselves by the Word of God and the Father leading of the Holy Spirit, part of the discipleship of bringing someone out of Babylon to walk with Jesus, even is after conversion, is now teaching them so that they can repent, rethink, and redo and begin doing the things the Word of God tells us to do. And in doing that, they build a life of closing doors to the enemy and opening doors to God. And where that transition, there's a threshold. And you, you and I have seen this. This threshold, if we could ever get this person to the point they had more doors open to God than they did the devil, then blessings begin to manifest. Now talk a little bit about your latest uh, Part 47, Biblical Life TV. Give the, give the listeners a sneak peek. 47, I, I uh, began dealing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, using uh, Lester Sumrall and Howard Carter, which was instrumental in helping the body uh, rediscover what the gifts were uh, as a, a basic definition of the gifts. Uh, the next one I'm getting ready to film is a balanced approach to tongues and, and a lot of things that we see. I'm just basically going to do an ex, a, a expository through uh, that, that uh, chapter in 1 Corinthians. Uh, once we get past that, then we're going to begin looking at the seven anointings of Messiah how we can begin flowing in those, because you have to, for us to move in the kingdom, you have to show the character of Messiah, which are the fruit of the Spirit, the power of Messiah, which which are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then you have to have the anointing of Messiah, and Isaiah chapter 11 gives us the seven anointings of Messiah that, not just for fivefold ministry, but every single believer can begin moving in. Mm. That's good. In the waning moments, Dr. Lake, would you please, I think we'd be so blessed if you could pray, please, sir. Sure. Father, we thank you that in the day and age that we live in, no matter what the enemy is postulating in their own minds, the plans that they have laid, not one single piece of it can be put into place without your permission. That they're not going to get it done one day before you say that it can be done. Father, the future is in your hands and your hands alone. We trust you. We know that no matter what the enemy does, the kingdom of God is greater. They may re, uh, may trust in technology. We trust in the God who can part the oceans for us. And Father, I just ask right now that a fresh anointing would go forth, that your remnant would awaken and hunger and thirst after righteousness, that their desire would be to move into your power at a greater level than those who move in the, in the iniquity force in the earth. Father, give us the tools that we need. Give us the grace that we need. Help us move in the five levels of grace that we can be empowered in this day. Father, that we can meet the enemy on the battlefield and fulfill the purposes of God and to see the name of Jesus exalted, the works of the enemy defeated, people set free, lives turned around. And Father, my greatest desire right now for those that listen that we will see with our eyes before you allow the, the elite to do what you have prophesied they're going to do. Father, one last time, put their faces in the dirt, put your heel on their neck, and say, before I allow you to do this, I want you to know, I am Almighty God. Father, frustrate their works, frustrate what they're doing, and let them know that you are intervening in the lives of men because your remnant is praying. And Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for that, Dr. Lake. Do give out your website information, how folks can find all your incredible handiwork. I mean, I can't imagine somebody not knowing, but do give out your information for the folks that are new. Our, our main website that we use for all communication is kingdomintelligencebriefing.com. And if that's too long, you can simply type in drmichaellake.com and it'll take you right to the same site. Uh, any, any new interviews, podcasts, videos that we do, or any new books, it will all be announced right there. 
And so we encourage you to go there. Also, make sure that you subscribe. That way, when we do a post, uh, you're notified immediately by email. Well, thank you so much, sir, for your time and coming on the program. And do come back and see us again soon. God bless. It's been a real pleasure. God bless. Folks, that was Dr. Michael Lake. His information is linked there in the description below. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time out of your busy schedules to tune into the program today. Thank you for being patient while the website has been down. I'm really chomping at the bit. I'm told Friday or Monday for the big launch. Hey, if you have not become one of my patrons, please do support my work. And I thank you very much for that. And we'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless.